Well, some very odd days these are in 2020. And so odd days required odd things. So would you stand with me? And if you would, close your eyes and just stand comfortably. And if you're at home watching, please stand up. (laughs) And now imagine the hair on top of your head. If there is any, and think that God knows the number on top of your head right now. And now roll down through your body to the bottoms of your feet planted on the floor and feel your feet touching the earth. And know that God knows that you are where you are, and God directs your footsteps. And now from your feet, roll back up through your body, tracing every bone that makes up your legs, your hips, your back, your ribs, your arms, your hands, your neck, your skull. And know that God knit you together and made you in your mother's womb. And now feel inside your stomach, in your heart, in your chest. What are you feeling right now? And know that God knows those feelings, those circumstances, those places you have been, the places you have to go. And God is right here with you, knowing you. Amen. You may be seated. That was just a warm-up, because today we're talking about A Weary World Rejoices, and O Holy Night is the poem that was written in 1847, where that line comes from. And you may have heard this poem in song version, but here it is in poem version. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. 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 Till he appeared and the soul... The soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope, a thrill of hope, and the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, hear the angel voices. O night divine, the night Christ was born. A guy named Placide Capot wrote those words in 1847, and he was actually a wine businessman selling and trading and moving wine, but he wrote poetry on the side. So the priest in his small town asked him to write a poem for Christmas Eve, 1847. And this is how it goes with churches, right? 
we've been celebrating Christmas a lot over the years, and now you want to make it fresh. You want to make it new. You want to help people connect to the old story in new and fresh ways. So in 1847, that priest said, hey, will you write a poem? Make this fresh. Bring it alive for the people once again. And so Placide reads the gospel accounts of Jesus' life and simply imagines what's it like to be the shepherds, being met by angels. What was it like to be the, the magi, the wise men, following this mysterious star? What was it like to be the people who had long, long waited for this Savior to come, to be given, to, to arrive, and all the feelings they carried in that? And so he imagined that, and he writes this poem, and he writes it in French, and it's called The Cantique de Noël. And he writes this poem with a lot of poetic opposites. I mean, you right away, you bump into it. Oh, holy night? Stars are brightly shining? I don't know if you've ever read a book by starlight, but they don't shine very brightly bright. And night, when is night holy? Night is usually dark. It's usually hard. Night is dangerous. It's when the shepherds are out guarding their flocks from the wolves and the bears who are prowling around looking for a meal to devour. Night is a time when we put our heads on the pillow. All the worries rise up. You know, during the day, you could be busying yourself with things and kind of pushing things aside. But at night, you lay down and worry, anxiety, fear rises up. Night. Night is when bad choices are made. Maybe you think that you are like the wolves or the bears, and you can go out in the shroud of darkness and prowl around and do robbery or other bad things. Or maybe it's simply that our bad choices come at the end of a long, tiring day where we are wore out, depleted, don't have energy to resist and fight off the temptations of night. Like eating that whole bag of chips. Or pouring yourself another drink. Or clicking on one more thing to watch. Night does not tend to be holy, and it is the poetic opposite that Placide captures in this poem to say, look, this night is different. This is the night where God came from heaven, the incarnation, as Charlie said earlier, this incarnation, God came from heaven into the dark, into the fear, into the worry, the concern, into the bad choices, and God came here. And Placide was so moved by his own poem, I think it might have shocked him, what he wrote, that he thought this should be put to music. Because sometimes words can just tumble around in your head and not connect to your whole self, your whole body. But music and song helps connect you into the emotions and the feelings in those words and lifts you up. So he asked a friend, Adolf Charles Adams, who was a famous 
musician who wrote orchestras and ballets said, hey, will you put this poem to music? And of course, because Adolf is an opera writer, he, he wrote an opera song, making it very difficult for us, mere humans, to sing. And that first night at midnight mass, 1847, they sang for the first time, Chantique de Noël. And a few years later, a different guy, John Sullivan Dwight, in the U.S., translated it into English. And John was an abolitionist, and he was deeply attracted to the song, in particular because of the third verse. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is our brother. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. So that came to us in English, and that is what we sing in English today. So this is the story of the origins of this song. It's now 173 years old. And as you think about something so old and something you've sang so many times, it may not be fresh. You know, for Placide, he wanted his poem to be more than just words tumbling in a head. So he put it into song to lift it into the whole body. But now for us, it's possible that we sing this song and as they say, words come in at one ear and out the other. Or the words just spill off our tongue without really thinking about it. So if there's words as one, music as two, I would like to add a fresh new three today. Fresh new three. And hope to connect us once again to this song and connect us in particular to God becoming human and being among us. So my proposition today is that we would do some body postures. Body postures that express the words in this song. I know right now you are looking for a way out. Thank you, Brad. I could hear that through the shield. That honesty is deeply appreciated. But isn't it true that things can become very normal to us, and we miss in the normal something deeper that's just present and there? So in our body postures, want to express something of the word in our body, and the reason is to connect with God, and if you think about why, and I'm going to now make my argument to help you decide why to do this, by making a body posture, you have to slow down. You have to think about the words, consider their meaning, consider even what it means for you, and then decide, how do I express that in some way? Also, it slows us down, but we are also forced to get out of our heads and move into the rest of our being, our whole body, perhaps into your soul and spirit, along with your mind. 
Because I know it is easy to stay in your head and think about God. It may be even easy for some to sing songs about God. But it is uncomfortable to put your body into motion and express something. So we want that uncomfortability to be the fresh thing that grabs our attention and actually brings us into the presence of God. Back in October, I heard a story a friend told about being asked, feeling, feeling that God was asking her to move her body during a song we were singing at church. And she said that she just felt like God said, put out your hand. And she said in her mind, in her, in her conversation with God, oh no, somebody might see me. I don't want to draw attention to myself. That's uncomfortable. And yet, <laughs> she responded and said, okay, God, here I am putting my hand out as I sing this song. You know, this song in particular beckons us to move our bodies. It comes to the line, fall on your knees. So, fall on your knees. It says, fall on your knees. Have you fallen on your knees during this song? It's inviting you to fall on your knees. So, you have to think, how do I fall on my knees? What am I going to do? you got to pre-think this and imagine this. Or just do what your body tells you. But you just have to, like, fall on your knees. And now I have my arms up. Why did I put my arms up? Maybe you're thinking, oh, I would have done it differently. I would have fallen on my knees like this. i got to give myself more room. I would have fallen like this. Boom, boom, right face to the ground. And that's what you would have done. How would you fall to your knees? Right now you're thinking, I'm going to blame the pew. Because of the pew, I cannot fall on my knees right now. Because of the pew and the sloped floor, that's, this is a ridiculous request. And maybe legitimately, as I am now moving into old age, you think, can I even get up? <laughs> and that's valid. So don't fall on your knees if you can't get back up. Or fall on your knees and we'll help you. The community gathers. So today, I want to give you two options for how to move your body, to put it into a body posture. One is to use your whole body and do something with your whole body. And some of you are ready. You're just like, sure, I'll move my body. No problem. I don't feel embarrassed at all. Others of you don't even feel comfortable singing, let alone moving your body. So if you don't want to move your whole body, second option is just to use one hand. One hand and do a motion that expresses the word with one hand. So, let's begin. Actually, let me say one more time, you must participate. <laughs> Online, you must participate. I've heard that you can look back through the other direction, through cameras. I don't know how to do that, but somebody knows how. And we are watching. Move your body, participate. This is not a spectator sport. This is truly spiritual life. 
that is available. So the first word is night. The song begins, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. This is the night of our dear Savior's birth. You think about night, I already talked about the night that contains the dangers, the worries, the angst. Here in this odd 2020, what has been your night? You know, where has it felt difficult and dark and hard and there's no light at the end of the tunnel? And connect with that night, because that's your night that God is showing up into. What darkness and fear settle around you? What bad choices have you made? And you just feel stuck in those choices over and over. How do I ever get out of this? How do I get out of this year? It's kind of a joke, I will admit, but it's true that in COVID, there's like four kinds of people being produced in the night of 2020. You're either going to become, you've heard this, a hunk, because you exercise all the time frenetically, a drunk, because you're drinking too much, a chunk, because you're eating too much, or just in a funk, because that is the reality. And now there's a lot of words that rhyme with unk, so you can be thinking that this is all bunk, or if you're a student, you might think you're going to flunk. You can come up with more. But we are responding to the dark night. And the question is, how are we responding? What are you doing in the night? How are you waiting for the dawn to come? So first word, night. How can you use your body to posture night? I mean, maybe you're thinking, oh, I've had a great 2020. It's easy. Sleeping peacefully. This has been a great year for me. Easy, restful. Or maybe you are like wanting to just cover your face and hide and hope to pull the covers over your head and wake up with something different. Whole body, how do you represent night? And second option, with just a hand, how do you represent with your hand night? Perhaps you could just close your fist, holding tightly, wanting to get through. Or maybe you could put your hand up and say, keep it out, block, shade, darkness. Imagine how you will move your body in a short time when we participate in this song. Well, second word, pining. Pining. Long lay the world in sin and error. Pining. Pining is an old word that you probably haven't used except in this song in the last 10 years. So what does pining mean? How do you represent pining with your body? There's two aspects of pining. One is a desperate longing, a waiting for. You know, you can think of a positive sense of pining for children who are pining for summer break to begin. They're longing for it, looking forward to it. Or 
still in the positive sense, sometimes I pine to go skiing, to get away from this, and this is the negative part, the getting away, escaping to the mountains where there's just snow and trees and quiet and a day away. Or pining is this longing for something to be different, to get unstuck, to get out Desperately longing and waiting for something different. And maybe you're just waiting and pining for 2021 to be different. Well, second aspect of pining is a discontented fret, regret, wasting away. And I think we can connect with that sense of pining that our bones are wasting away. You know, in Psalm 32, David writes about his, if I keep silent, my bones will waste away. This pining inside of us, if I just can't get out, I just can't fix this. I can't see the future differently. I can't go forward. Pining. And I love that Placide used these two words, sin and error. You know, sin, you know, disobedience to God, where you know you're going down the wrong path away from God's ways. But also just error, mistakes, failures, things you've done wrong, just error. And we pine over that. We churn till our bones waste away. It's kind of two directions we can tend to go with pining. You can either go to the Pining of self-contempt. Oh, I made mistakes. I sinned. I am worthless. I am a failure. I am no good. I am nothing. Self-contempt. Or, very different, but still pining, is a other's contempt. Maybe you feel this in the blame. <laughs> Blaming the pew. <laughs> blame. Oh, I haven't done anything wrong. It's you. You're the problem. And in that, you rise up with blame, and you just put a lot of anger out there. And that anger is your pining away. So how can you put this word pining into a body posture? You know, in a full body way, perhaps pining in a self-contempt way can simply be be like nothing. Or if it's the opposite, the anger, the other's contempt, you just cross your arms and be stiff and cold as ice. Or how can you use just one hand? Self-contempt, pining, Maybe that's just a rubbing your fingers, that the kneading of your hands together, the pining away. <laughs> and if it's the anger side of others' contempt pining, maybe it's just a fist that you want to punch. What is your body expression for pining? third word, worth, 
Hallelujah for worth. The song contrasts, long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Hallelujah, he appeared. God came from heaven to earth, took on human form, and showed us, oh, humans are so worth it. Humans are worthy of my attention. God is looking at humans just thinking love and care and concern and interest and intrigue and amusement. God came to earth initiating, taking action, showing us our worth. I mean, we didn't do anything but sin and air and pine after we did it. God is looking at us with eyes of value and worth. You know, because Jesus took on a human body, it pretty much validates having a human body. To say, yeah, your body is worth it. When you did that exercise before and you thought about your hair and your feet and your bones, that is your body, and God gave it to you, and it is good. And God wants to affirm your worth. There's a great Hebrew word for glory. Kavod. Kavod. And kavod really just means heavy or weighty. But I love that the Bible uses this word kavod for God's glory. That it's heavy, it's weighty, it just like lands on you and you can't even hold it up. It's so much. God's glory is weighty. And I love to think about the worth that God sees in each of us, in your neighbor, in every person around the world. God sees this worth, this dignity, this wonder. And God sees you as weighty with glory and worth. So how do you use your full body to express worth? Maybe if I'm using my full body, I would just be like, holding all that weight. Wow. I am worth God's attention. Or maybe if I'm using my hand, simply holding, with fingers open, not clenched, but now open, and feeling God's weight of his worth that he sees in me, holding it in my hand. And I'm letting it just sink in that, yes, I've failed, I've messed up, I've sinned, I've made mistakes, and God sees me as worthy, as valuable, as precious. Oh, as you contrast those two things of pining and worth, just this past week, have you been pining over something? Or have you been holding the worth that you are because God knows you and God loves you, God sees you and cares for you? I hope you choose the second. Fourth and last word, and then we're almost done, and you're freed from that. Rejoice! I love it. Now, a thrill of hope. It rises up. A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. 
Again, the poetic opposites. Weary and rejoice don't tend to go together, but here they do. Because in your weariness of pining, God is meeting us with this thing to rejoice about that he says, you are worth my attention. You are valuable. And so our response is rejoice. Thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Have you ever taken an all-night road trip? Through the night, driving, darkness, your eyes are tired, you're trying to hold them open. And then, dawn breaks. And it just begins to get light on the horizon. Just something stirs in you, just by the light of morning. And you're perked up. I love this image that a new morning happens by God's grace every day. God brings the sun back up to start fresh today. New day, new start. Hey, you get to choose today how you're going to live. You get to choose and build from this day going forward. Sure, there'll be sin, there'll be errors, but every day is a new start because God has forgiven us. As we jump forward in the story from Christmas, Jesus makes the way that forgiveness and choosing life is possible. So how would you, full body gesture, rejoice? Maybe you just put your arms in the air, hands out. I want to receive God's glory into my hands, or I want to reach out as if I am touching God's robes and just grasping on to God and rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. And how can you do that with one hand? Maybe you just put your hand out like this, one hand out, as if I'm trying to touch God's robe, or as if I'm receiving God's glory into my hand. How would you do it? Full body or one hand? Rejoice. Well, we are about to sing, of course, O Holy Night together. And I invite you, if you are so brave as to use some body posture to represent the words that you sing. And I know some of you are ready to just jump on board with that and run with it, and others of you are not ready to make that step. There still is a, oh no, within you. And that's okay. Totally okay. I invite you to practice at home. I mean, there's the internet where you can just Google Oh Holy Night and listen to the song hear the words, and start imagining, how would I posture what I feel about those words? And practice at home. And then when you come here, you can bring yourself here more freely. But I encourage you to listen. You know, listen to God. What does God invite you to do with your body? Is God inviting you to do something in specific movement? Or to listen to your body? What does your body want to do? 
You know, it's pretty often that my body does the same things over and over in normal ways, and it's hard for me to break out of the normal. So maybe the first step is some of my normal body ways, and maybe later my body will say, hey, let's try something new. But to pay attention, to listen, and then respond by moving. We move our body to set aside the pining. And we move our body to take hold of the worth so that our soul feels its worth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending yourself to this earth to take on a human body, to become like us, to experience the ups and downs, the hurts, the pains, the troubles of life, and to know what we go through personally. And I pray that you would help us connect to the worth of our soul because you, uh, you see us as worthy and valuable. Help us to believe where we cannot yet even begin to believe. It is by your grace that we go. Thank you. Amen.